She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Oh, my goodness, y'all. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Autumn Miles Show. We are cranking these out. We're cranking these out in this new, beautiful season of spring that we are in. I walked by one of my trees yesterday and you guys, it was like budding with all of these tiny little flowers and it made my heart so happy. So I hope you guys are enjoying the spring weather and I hope you have the spring weather. I'm in Texas, so we for sure have spring weather, but I don't know where you guys are out there. Y'all, we are so honored that y'all listen every single week. And, you know, we started this new segment a couple weeks ago because we're family, okay? And um, we started this new segment, which is what is God doing in your life? I want to tell everybody what God is doing in your life because God ain't just working in my life, y'all. He's working in your life too, okay? Okay. The, the stories that we have gotten in are so precious, precious. You guys stay till the end of the show today and listen to the miracles that God is doing amongst us. He is doing miracles in our family, you guys, and all of you. And I want you to hear about it. Um, so stay after the break at the end of the show. And I'm going to share with, I mean, it made me cry. I was on my little elliptical doing my little thing. And it made me cry right there on my elliptical this morning. Can't wait to share. Okay. If you have a story, email hello at autumnmiles.com. And you need to say it like that when you email. Say hello. (laughs) Every time I give out that email address, I say it the same way. Hello at autumnmiles.com. Or you can DM us on Insta and on Facebook and we will get it. Or just simply comment on one of my posts. Lots of y'all do. Okay. Okay. We are going to talk about waiting today. I hate waiting. (laughs) I hate it so much. (laughs) So much. I hate it so much until I see why I waited. And then I'm like, oh, God, you're such a genius. I love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for making me wait. Um, If that strikes a chord with you, I am going to give y'all all the things, all the verses about waiting today and why it's not a bad thing. I know you already hate me for saying that, but you know what? We're going to have an entire message chocked full with encouragement for those that have been waiting. You could have been waiting 10 minutes. You could have been waiting, you know, 10 years. This is going to encourage your heart. I promise you. I promise you. And we're going to go to a couple of my boys in the Old Testament and um, y'all's hearts are going to be really encouraged today. What's happening in my life? Let me tell you something about my daughter, Haven. I know I've said this before. There is no one quite like her, okay? Her seventh birthday is fastly approaching. She is going to be seven, not as she thinks, 17. She is actually going to be seven years old, okay? (laughs) 
So we've gone super big for all of our kids' birthdays this year. They're, the little ones are finally at the age where they have the, their little friends. They have their, like, little, like, you know, their, their little tribe, their little people that they hang out with. Grace, it's like we have to tell her, child, you have to pare back your invitation list by 30, okay? She invites everybody. Jude, my son, you know, he's got his homies. He's got his like his his like few homies that he really rolls with. And his we could I could actually probably tell him his list before he even knows what it is. Moses is a lot like Grace. We say, how many people do you want to invite to your birthday? And he gives us a list of 73 people. I'm like, this is not a wedding. (laughs) This is this is a birthday. Okay. You have to pay right back. Where are we going to put all those people? Haven is a lot like Jude. So I've got, I've got four kids and, and they like, they're, they're paired Grace, Moses, Jude, Haven. That's personality wise. Okay. Haven's got her birthday coming up. She has (laughs) few people that she wants to come. Let me just, let me just be, be completely clear. I said, what would you like? She's, she definitely has a strong perspective. I love that. Clearly y'all know I have a strong perspective. She wants an all cat birthday party, everything cat. So that's what we're going to do. Because guess what? I'm not buying her a cat because I don't like cats. So we're going to have to do a a party cat. We're going to have the cat cake. We're going to have a cat, you know, ears as soon as the kids come. We're going to do face paint on on the kids' faces, whatever. So we are planning this elaborate party. And I say to her, who would you like to come? And she gives me four names. I'm not kidding. Four names. I'm like, listen, I love you so much, <laughs> but we need more than four names on the list. In this list of invitations, these are the four people she wants to come. They are all girls. And when I say all girls, she does not want a male at her party, which includes her brothers and her father. Okay. <laughs> So I had to sit down with her and be like, I know that these are your four girlfriends and you're like, you're, you know, you're just really close. Okay. But you have to invite your brothers to your birthday party. Like we're not doing that. Okay. And she did not want to invite Jude or Moses. And here's the thing. She loves them so much, but she is so... She's got such a strong point of view that she just does not see the need for them to come to her birthday party. So I want to let you know that my daughter is having one of the most exclusive events of 2022 in her birthday party. Okay. I even asked her, am I invited to your birthday party? And she gave me the green light, which is good, but she's a mommy's girl. And so I'm invited to everything. I'm like her favorite. (laughs) But if you're a boy, just know she doesn't want you there. And I had to talk her into inviting her brothers. Okay. We did. We told, we told Moses, we said, listen, you can invite a friend to Haven's birthday party if you want. And he was like, okay. And he he said, how about this person? And Haven was like, nope. How about this person? Haven was like, nope. He went down like six little boys who, by the way, are all precious little boys. And she's like, nope, nope, nope. So we, we have the list. We've checked it twice. If you're a boy, she doesn't want you there. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know what to tell you, but I will have to say after a little chatting with her, she did approve a boy 
for Moses to have a friend, Eddie and Moses and Jude are coming as well. So, you know, that's what's happening in my life. It's never a dull moment in the Miles life. Never a dull moment. So anyway, if you get an invitation to Haven's birthday party, just know it was well thought out and very, very strategic. Okay. That's what's happening in my life. Y'all don't go anywhere. Your girl is going to be back after the break. And we are going to talk all about waiting, 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 waiting. We hate to wait, but do we really, I don't know. Catch me after the break. I'll be back in a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, I'm back. My daughter is one of the most fascinating, amazing people I've ever met in my life. I love every bit of being her mom. She's just incredible. And one day she'll come on this show and talk to you guys. And you're going to be able to know just how amazing this beautiful child is that God has given me, which I had to wait for. Oh, segue into our message for today. I had to wait for her forever. Um, let's talk about waiting. Now, I am going to throw a lot of scripture at you today. I wouldn't be your girl if I didn't do that. I know y'all come. I know what you like. I know you want to be fed the word of God, the bread of heaven. Okay. That's what we're all about to spiritually challenge the way people think here. Okay. Prep yourself. This is going to be a lot of meat. Think of it like a Bible hamburger. Okay. That's like a double decker. It's like a four by four. If you go to in and out. That's what this is going to be, okay? Because waiting, people hate to wait. So prepare your little hearts. I know from being, now I'm not old, but I've had to wait for a lot of different things, okay? In my life, we've talked about a lot of them for the sake of time. I don't want to go into a ton of examples today. I want to stick to the word. But I have learned you wait generally for two reasons. Okay. God has you go through a waiting process for two different reasons. Generally, is it exhaustive list? No, it is not. Okay. But I'm just trying to help you understand because this is another one of the major questions that we get into our inbox of why am I waiting? 
Number one, it is this. God is preparing you for whatever you're waiting for, okay? Sometimes you're just not ready. And I love you, but I feel like because I'm not looking at you, it's a lot easier for me to say. Sometimes you you aren't ready for it, okay? We have to kind of be a little bit more self-aware. Are we actually ready for this huge promotion at work or do we need a little bit more training and a little bit more experience to carry it, okay? Sometimes God is preparing you for it. And the second reason is this. Sometimes God is preparing it for you, okay? Those are what I'm going to dissect today for you from his word. Let's talk about the first one. Sometimes God prepares you for it. Now, this has happened so much. Let me give you an example. When God called me to start a ministry, it was in 2001. I have talked about this a lot. I did not start my ministry that God authored for me until 2009, okay? 2009 is when I got the go-ahead, and we didn't even have our first conference until 2011 in January, but I'm counting 2009 because I prayed that day here. Listen, that is eight years, eight years. Now, in 2001, when God gave me, you're going to start a ministry, you guys, I was getting divorced, 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 I was getting kicked out of my church. I was going to college during that time. I was in in God's wisdom. He did not allow me to start a ministry during those years. Why? I can look back now and say this. I was not ready. I needed to learn. I needed to grow. I needed to face adversity in the realms of ministry. I needed to have an intimate relationship with the Lord. I needed to trust God more than anything, okay? As much as you feel ready, sometimes you're not. And you feel you have all this passion and all this stuff that is like oozing through you. Like, God, put me in coach. I remember actually praying that even though it was like, a, it's like an athlete's term, even though I'm not an athlete, <laughs> I would say, Lord, put me in, put me into this game. Let me do, let me do ministry for your name. And God knew that right after he was going to fling the doors open for me to start what you are listening to right now, books would come. We did 25 conferences in in five years, which is crazy to do. We reached so many, everything took off so fast. It was like the doors were open and all of a sudden we were off to the races, like literally, okay? I could not have handled that when God gave me the original promise. I could not have handled that. I was not prepared for it, okay? Because when God let it happen, This ministry, within the first, I would say, three to five years, challenged every weakness I had, every stronghold that I I was clinging on to, every insecurity I had was challenged. It literally challenged every piece of me. I would have crumbled eight years earlier, okay? Sometimes you're praying for something and you do have a word. God is going to do it. He is going to allow you to start that ministry. He is going to allow you to start that business. 
He is going to allow the opportunities to happen in your life. However, it is a good God that says, hold your horses, just chill for a second. I am going to bring situations in your life that is going to educate you further. I know you feel like you have everything you need now, but you don't. Okay. It is a loving God that does that. It's not a mean God. It's not a mean God that does that. It's a loving God. Now I know you all hate me. We're going to get to the good part in a few minutes about God preparing it for you because you know, it for you is just way better than this, than this part of, of it. I want you to take a real hard look at yourself today. If you've been waiting and you're so frustrated by it, do you want the thing before you can actually handle it? Like, be honest, super honest. Do you want it prematurely? Because I know all the awesome family members we got out there, all my sisters in the back. I know all you guys out there. We've we've like rolled together for a long time now, right? A lot of you guys that we have interacted with, I think you're so smart and you love the Lord so much that you would say, if you were honest, no, I don't want it too early. So God is taking your frustration because he's not going to be pressured by your frustration because he loves you more than you are frustrated with the weight. He wants you prepared for whatever it is that's coming. I want to take you to my boy, David. Before I go there, I've got to bring up this verse. And I actually, I love this verse because, and I've talked about waiting in this verse before, but I need you to understand that you're not just waiting for nothing. You are gaining something. Isaiah 40 says this, Isaiah 40, 27. Why do you say, oh, Jacob, I've used this verse a lot. It is very common, but it fits so well with this. Why do you say, oh, Jacob and assert, oh, Israel, why are you saying this? My way is hidden from the Lord. Why are you saying my way is hidden from the Lord? And the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding, and this part really ministers to me, his understanding of what you need for what you're waiting for is greater than yours. His understanding, it says, is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might, he increases strength. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired and they will walk and not fade. Those that wait on the Lord will gain. You will gain new strength. I want to talk about David for a second because I just feel like he perfectly, King David, he perfectly encapsulates this entire idea, okay? In 1 Samuel, let me get to it in the word real fast. In 1 Samuel 16, we see Samuel who God had just told, I don't like Saul. Now, King Saul was the first king of Israel ever. And he sinned. And so God said, mm, I, I regret making Saul king. Like, no lie. It's all in the text. Go read it in 1 Samuel. Samuel is very upset over this. 
But God says, I want you to go and I want you to anoint a new king from that from the sons of Jesse. Okay. So Samuel gets up, and this is in 1 Samuel 16, and he goes to the sons of Jesse. Okay. Now, if you're aware of this story, great. If you're not aware of this story, I'm going to read a couple of, of verses to you. First Samuel 16, 9 says this next Jesse. So Samuel's in there. He's like trying to find out who exactly God wants him to anoint as king over Israel because God rejected Saul. He says next Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one. 10 verse 10. Then Jesse made seven of his sons pass by before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? Are these all of them? And he said, there remains yet the youngest and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Listen, now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord came and terrorized him. Now, I want to tell you, I know from studying scripture, David, in this scene, David was somewhere between the ages of 15 and 19. He's not quite 20 because then in the next scene, which is David fights Goliath, he would have actually been in the army, okay? So we know he's a teenager in this scene. He is the youngest of all of Jesse's sons. So he was overlooked because how in the world could God have chosen the least of these? We know from the scripture that's who he chooses. But I think it's very, very important for you to know that he was a teenager. I've got two teenagers. He was a teenager, okay? Um, directly from his anointing. He goes and he tends sheep. Okay. But what we see in the text of first Samuel, he immediately is entered into an education to assume the kingship, which he will receive when he's 30 years old. The Bible is very clear when David becomes king, he becomes king when he's 30 years old and he reigns for 40 years. It's in second Samuel four, four, go look it up for yourself. Okay. But he was anointed when he was a teenager. There is 13 to 15 to however year waiting period before he becomes king. Was David equipped to become king at that second? Well, no, because God didn't put him in the kingship then. He had him go before Saul. Saul was, I'm going to take you through a timeline. You can read all this in first Samuel 16, but I want to get to my second dude because I, I just love him so much. Okay. Saul is then terrorized by an evil spirit that was sent from the Lord. Oh, I could talk about that forever. Saul needs someone to soothe his spirit. David is sent to play the harp for him. David is gaining favor with Saul because every time he plays the harp, his spirit is soothed. The next scene, we see Goliath. 
Goliath of Gath coming out, terrorizing the nation of Israel for 40 years. He's got favor with Saul because of the the, um, evil spirit, but he needs favor with man. All right. No one knows who this boy is. Okay. He's got to be introduced to the army. He needs to be respected by the army of Israel. So in one decision of boldness that David makes, God prepares him for the kingship by David saying, I'll take on Goliath. Everyone laughs at him. His brothers laugh at him. He's just some shepherd bringing them like a Subway sandwich, Doritos, and like a, a mellow yellow. Do you know what I'm saying? He's, like, he's just bringing lunch to his brothers. David doesn't understand that this is a divine appointment that God uses in order to prepare him for the kingship that is going to happen in 10 years. Why? Because David couldn't take the kingship without favor from the Israeli army. He gets up. Goliath is so toast. It's not even funny. Goliath drops dead. We all know this. He picks one stone, hits the stone. It's like a whole thing. Okay. Then David needs favor with the family. What happens then? David and Jonathan become really, really good friends. The Bible says their souls were knit together. And you can read this for yourself in 1 Samuel um, 18. Then he gets married. He has to have the experience of being married to relate to people as a good leader, as a good, strong leader. Okay. He gets married to Saul's daughter. Listen, then he goes and he starts, he starts fighting. He's already respected in the army. He starts fighting. He starts winning, which gains him the favor of who? The people that live in Israel. Do you not see you guys how this 13 to 15 year process, God was preparing David through winning and understanding that he can be, he can be victorious with the Lord and the Lord alone. God was strengthening David on the inside. He was giving him situations to prepare him to be a good leader. Whenever he was to assume the kingship, something else that God prepared in David during this time is he got, he gave him opportunity to kill Saul, several opportunities to kill Saul. God was testing his integrity. David said, no, I'm not going to kill Saul. I'm not going to do this. Eventually Saul falls on his own sword and dies. And then after 13 to 15 years of education in life and trials and tribulations that David rose to the occasion and, and fought with the favor of the Lord, with the power of God's might, then he's ready. He assumed when he was 30, he reigned for 40 years. You guys, sometimes God is preparing you for it. Every, all of those lessons David needed. I want to switch to my, to my next guy. Okay. Sometimes God is preparing it for you. I'm going to bring all this home at the end of this. A story of this. I, there is no better person to um, draw out than Joseph himself. Joseph, son of Jacob. Okay. We get the first scene of Joseph. Let me, let me find it for you. Joseph's dream. Now listen, hang with me. I know this is a lot, but it's so, so good. And if you were, were to sit and really process all of these passages, I think it would move you to tears. We're done with David for a second. We're moving into Joseph. 
In Genesis 37, Joseph is Jacob's favorite son. He makes him the coat of many colors. And guess what? All of his brothers hate his guts because Jacob loves him more than he loves them. In Genesis 37, Joseph has a dream. This is his dream. Joseph said to his brothers, he tells his brothers, listen to this dream I had, Genesis 37, verse six and seven. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field and lo, my sheaf rose up and stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brothers said to him, are you actually going to reign over this or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more. Verse nine, he had another dream and related it to his brothers and said, lo, I have had still another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. He related to his father and to his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Then his brothers went to pasture their flocks in Shechem. Listen, sometimes God prepares you for it, but sometimes God has to prepare it for you. God anointed David 15 to 13 years before he actually took the kingship in Israel. God told Joseph when he was a teenager, listen, this is going to happen in your life. He told him via a dream twice. He told his brothers. His brothers started hating his literal guts. Listen here. It was their hatred of him that started the process of moving Joseph into a place that he needed to be in order to see this dream happen. The wait for Joseph was transportation to where God was going to fulfill this dream. What happened? The brother sold him into slavery. A guy named Potiphar buys him. He is like the captain of the army of the guard of in Egypt. He buys him. God's with him. He gives him crazy favor. So Potiphar puts him over every single thing in his household. Well, along comes Potiphar's wife. She thinks Joseph looks good. So she tries to, you know, get him into bed. Joseph said no but he was falsely accused. And then where was he thrown? He was thrown in prison. In prison, there was a baker and a cupbearer who had dreams. Joseph interpreted those dreams perfectly. And he said, listen, when you go before Pharaoh and you tell him these dreams and these dreams come to pass, don't forget me. Well, guess what they forgot? I'm saying all this to make a really strong point. A couple years later, Pharaoh has a dream and the cupbearer remembers that Joseph, who is in prison, can interpret dreams. 
Joseph is brought up from prison and he is placed before Pharaoh in Egypt. This is 13 years later. He was in prison and he perfectly interpreted Pharaoh's dream. So Pharaoh made him number two in all of Egypt. The dream said this, there's going to be seven years of plenty. There's going to be seven years of drought. The seven years of plenty came and went. The seven years of drought drew in all of Joseph's brothers looking for grain. I want to read this passage of scripture. Now, uh, Jacob saw Genesis 42 that there was grain in Egypt. And Jacob said to his son, why are you staring at one another? (laughs) I love that. That's just like a dad. Why are you staring at one another? Behold, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us from that place so that we may live and not die. So the 10 brothers went to Egypt to buy grain. Now, Joseph, verse six, was the ruler over all the land, and he was the one who sold all the people of the land. And Joseph's brother came, and what did they do? Bow down to him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he disguised himself to them and spoke harshly to them. Bottom line is this. The dream that he had in Genesis 37, 13 years earlier, because he was 30 when he took a command, second in command in Egypt, was this. For behold, Genesis 37, 7, we were binding sheaves in the field and lo, my sheep rose up and stood erect and behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Here we have in Genesis 42, verse 7, the exact vision of that dream that Joseph had. Sometimes God has to prepare you like he prepared David for the kingship and had him go through all of these crazy different trials and different life lessons and education and experience in order to be even anointed king. He had to have favor in order to be anointed king. He had to be quote unquote famous in order to be anointed king. He had to be. He needed the favor of the people of Israel. And when he was anointed, when he was a teenage boy, he did not have that. God had to develop that for him. Sometimes you have to be developed for that thing that you are waiting for. And that's why you're waiting. Or in Joseph's case, sometimes you have to, sometimes that thing has to be developed for you. Listen here. God could not have played out Joseph's dream right after the day after. Why? Because Joseph's brothers hated his guts. There was no way that they were going to bow down before him. They sold him into slavery. People, let me tell you something. That weight, that 13-year wait, because he was also, he had that dream when he was a teenager, that 13-year wait for his rise to power developed the thing. He had to be in Potiphar's house, to be thrown in prison, to be set before Pharaoh, to have the seven years of plenty, to then go through the seven years of drought. That thing had to be matured so that that dream could come to pass. It couldn't come early. 
sometimes I think that we look at God and we're like, you're mean. Just like Isaiah 40 says, my way is hidden from you. You're so mean for making me wait all of this time. But David didn't know he was being educated. It doesn't say that at least. And Joseph didn't know that the thing was being matured for him. But God did. God knew what they both needed during their wait to make it as successful as possible. Joseph was legendary in the nation of Israel. All the tribes of Israel are named after his brothers. Look it up for yourself. The wait for Joseph and for David was God's perfect plan to position them exactly where they needed to be at the right moment. Interestingly enough, they were both shepherds. They were both called or given a dream when they were teenagers. They both rose to power when they were 30. And then God, of course, blessed them. Don't hate the wait, y'all. When you can look back and you can see, oh, this is why I waited. Oh, I see what I needed. Hindsight is a beautiful thing. If you don't have hindsight right now, borrow mine. I can look back on my days and I can think, oh my gosh, I'm so glad God didn't give that to me then. Like waiting for my children to adopt Moses in Haven. He was preparing I was ready to adopt. He was preparing them for me. They, they literally weren't, they, they weren't even conceived yet when I had the dream of adoption. I had to wait for them to be created, for them to be born. I think God makes us wait for two reasons. He's preparing us or he's preparing it. Both of them are wise on his part. Okay. So stay the course. He's so good. Your way is not hidden. I promise you're gaining new strength. It's coming no matter how long. Okay. Okay. I hope this encouraged you guys today. Guys, we have an amazing question and then we have an amazing story about what God is doing in your life after the break. Catch me in just a second. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, I've got a question from one of you guys about waiting. I love this question is from Amy. Thank you, Amy, out there. How do you push through the lull in the waiting? Like, if I know God has promised me something, but I'm waiting in that waiting, preparing stage, how can you stay strong and how do you just not give up on that promise? 
Well, I hope what I just shared actually encourages your heart from the scripture. I just shared so much scripture. I'll just tell you just personally and very practically how I do it. I tell God, I'm discouraged. (laughs) I need you to encourage my heart. I, I pray this all the time. If I've been waiting for a long time for something, God, please encourage my heart. It says that uh, David, King David, encouraged himself in the Lord. Actually, before he was king, there's a crazy story of him needing to encourage himself in the Lord. That's what I do. I have talked about multiple times getting scriptural confirmation to back up that promise. So if God has confirmed your promise through scripture, I would go back to that scripture, read it, let the Lord, the spirit of God, just infuse you with joy, infuse you with hope because the enemy definitely wants you to give up. Okay. But God's word is God's word. Look how long Abraham waited. I could have talked about Abraham, but I didn't want to because everyone talks about Abraham and waiting. He grew stronger in the faith through the way. And God can, it's a supernatural thing, but God can absolutely do that for you. And he has done that for me. The longer I waited for Moses and Haven, the more confident I was that God wanted me to adopt. So for you, I would tell him, God, I am discouraged. I need you to come through. There is nothing wrong with being a hundred percent honest. As a matter of fact, I think people are so fake with God these days. It's ridiculous. You must be transparent before the Lord. So the Lord can come in and really flood your heart with encouragement. I would do that. If you have not got a scriptural uh, confirmation for that promise, ask the Lord, Lord, give me a scripture to stand on so I can wait longer. He'll give that to you and then continue. Go back to that scripture to encourage yourself. Okay. (sighs) I'm out of breath. I hope that encouraged you. Let me read this story that we got from one of y'all out there. You guys, this blew my mind. I'm going to read it. It's a story. But this is what God is doing amongst our community. God is active within us, okay? You are right now a part of a community that loves Jesus and is like sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for Jesus to move, okay? We are expectant for the power of the Lord to interject himself in our lives. And this is an amazing story. She says this, hello, everyone. (laughs) I love that. I wanted to give a hallelujah praise Jesus to a prayer request that I submitted last August. A dear family friend, 23-year-old, a new wife and young mother, was diagnosed with stage four very aggressive cancer. The prognosis was not good and the cancer treatment was going to be brutal. Three weeks in the hospital with the most intensive cancer treatments, she came home from the treatment. My friend began her cancer treatment last August. I've been desperately praying for her and requesting prayer for healing from friends and strangers. Autumn, your girl had talked about asking God for specific confirmations to prayer in her book, Gangster Prayer, which I do read, which you can pick up wherever books are sold. And one of my friends had done that and the Lord was so creative in the way he had responded to her. So I decided I would do that too. This is what God is doing in our community. Her friend asked God specifically to speak to her and he did. And so now this lady is doing it too. Listen, 
I asked, Lord, please send me a sign as a confirmation that my friend who had cancer will be okay. Send me a yellow butterfly. I'm like dying over this. The very next day I was leaving for work and a yellow butterfly was fluttering all around. I have it on video. I have never felt the Holy Spirit so strong as I did right then. I knew the Lord would heal her and I couldn't imagine any other outcome that her friend completed treatments earlier than expected in December and she was able to come home for Christmas and on February 14th of this year, she was announced cancer free. That gives me chills. I will never stop sharing this testimony of goodness. I pray it's encouragement for someone. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for your prayers from my friend. She's going to live big for Jesus and touch so many lives. You guys, this is what God is doing. He is healing people every day of cancer. He is interjecting himself so personally in your lives all around. She asked because of what I wrote in Gangster Prayer. Give me a specific sign. And God does that. He is so close to us, you guys. He wants to speak to you. He wants to engage in your life. He wants to literally deposit heaven on earth, but you've got to ask him to do it, okay? That encouraged me so much today because I thought, oh Lord, thank you, Jesus, that you do come through for us. He is such, such a good God. So I want to hear what God is doing in your life. Let me celebrate it with you. Let's celebrate it together. Email me what he did. Email me that testimony that you got to just tell somebody, hello at autumnmiles.com or DM me on social. Let me pray us out. Guys, those of you that are waiting, hang with it. Hang with it. God is good. God is good. Okay. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for we thank you for this beautiful story of your miraculous power and might and healing healing power. Just this morning, Lord, you reminded me of that verse that says, "I am the balm in Gilead." And Lord, we praise you for healing today, just like you did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We thank you that um, that she is cancer free. And Lord, I pray for those out there that are waiting for healing. They're waiting for their promise. They're waiting and they're like dying on the vine over here. God, I pray that you would give them a specific sign, Lord. I pray that you would give them specific encouragement, Lord, so that they can persist in their faith. God, I thank you for those that keep coming back and listening and being encouraged. I thank you for my family right here on the show. God, continue to bless what we're doing. Bless the work of our hands. We know that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. I love y'all so much. I will see you next week. Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. 
Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. 